Welcome, welcome to episode 14, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. Today, we preview Friday Night Lights against Duke, and uh, that's it. That's that's the pod. Um, let's hop right in. Pete, how you feeling? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the yeah. feeling. Yeah, bad. Uh, like, we got no chance, it feels like, against any other football team that plays against us. You name the team, we'll lose to them. This week, the team's name is Duke. Um, it's uh, another how badly will we lose conversation. Um, I mean, I'll definitely be watching the game. I am just going to be having a bad time. I hate my life. I hate everything about it. If I had kids, I would hate them right now. Mm. Um, life's not good. We're two and six. We have four. Actually, no. Actually, no. I'm I'm not feeling bad. There's only four games left, dog. We're in the yeah. final month of the season. There is light at the end of the tunnel. We are almost there. This one's on Friday, too, so we get to get it over with quicker and enjoy our whole weekend. And then we can actually enjoy some, some footy on Saturday, some real football on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, and hockey. I'm just saying. BC hockey play Saturday. Merrimack. Shout out my guy, number four again. Uh, and yeah, you know, we're just we're just rolling right into it, baby. We're we're, we're moving at this point. So yeah, yeah, good, good, good call by you. Let's jump right in. What you got for me, buddy? Or is it or is it or is it me first? Is yeah, me? uh, yeah, you're giving us the history. I mean, uh all time, what five wins, three losses. Three and two since whoa, it's whoa, been relevant. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I want I want to know. Uh I want to know though. Do the three games in the 1920s even count? Like, are we going over that part of the history or are we keeping oh, it 2006 yeah. and beyond? Or where, where are we at with this? No, everything. Everything. Everything counts. That's because BC got two wins in the 1920s. That's why Brett's saying that, right? Mm. <laughs> and a tie. There was a tie in there. I thought it was two and one for some reason. Maybe I'm just wrong. I think there's a tie in there somewhere too. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, dude. Who cares? Was, anyway, give us the history, Brett. Dude, that was before the World War or right after. I don't know. Um. All right. So, <clears throat> well, we are three and two since becoming an Atlantic coast conference member the first time that we played duke was in 2006 where we romped them 28 to 7 but they used to be mad trash back then like super duper trash and they were like a joke uh 2010 we beat them that was when we started the year completely horrid two and five and uh rattled off five wins in a row to end the year and get bowl eligible so that was chill uh 2011 we missed uh an extra point and lost the game that was the home opener in 2011 at home that was a loss that was trash by a point too right yeah they missed yeah. an extra point it was garbage um 2015 was the that famous 2015 team we always talk about we actually had a touchdown called back could have won the game did not lost nine to seven and then we began <laughs> we began the halfway year 2020 in durham north carolina i've actually been there before stopped by the campus seen the football field it's gorgeous and we beat them 
26 to six. And that was, and then this is my last point. That was when, when the, um, we beat them and BC's like Twitter account tweeted like, Oh, plus six and a half LOL and exclamation letters. And it's like, Oh, the ball's on you guys. Like, where's your, where's your all capitalized LOLs now you fucking losers. I digress. Uh, yeah. So five and three, Three and three and two in games post World War, and we're coming off a win there. And Jeff, so Jeff Halfley himself is one and zero against them. Pete, back to you. I got two questions for you on the history. Um, sure. Just looking, was reviewing the history myself uh, last time that we played them. You mentioned we won. Phil threw three hundred yards, two tutties, threw a pick. Zay had five catches, one hundred and sixty-two yards, one of those touchdowns. Um, can we expect anything like that again? Like are these teams even in the same hemisphere as the last time that they played are you high of course not (laughs) (laughs) um they're not in the same hemisphere right now as far as caliber of teams um which made me think about like is this like true for the program historically and there there was some website that did a pretty good job uh like comparing the two teams and their overall matchups and one of the things one of the categories that duke had the advantage in and i wish i could shout the website out right now um, but I just don't remember it. Um, Duke has 173 weeks in the AP poll where BC only has 144. Um, is D, like, yeah, that's a lot more. That's like almost 30, 29. Um, is Duke just a better like football school than BC is? Are they just like in a different division and we're not, not getting the respect Are they just too good at basketball to be thought about football wise? Like, are they better? I don't know. Uh, they, there was, I mean, in BC's like early, maybe not early, but in BC's first like maybe ten years in the ACC, like they were completely garbage. Um, they were like a joke. I don't, I don't know if I don't, I don't know what their history was prior to that. I know the the past couple of years they've been pretty decent. Um, I mean that they didn't, they were good when they had Daniel Jones as their quarterback. Like what was that? four or five years ago. Yeah. So they haven't been bad, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their history had been. Um, I don't think that they were, they were necessarily, I mean, obviously Duke basketball is, you know, on a whole nother level, you know, right. But, uh, yeah. but I mean, you that. look at, you look at like UNC dude, like UNC's basketball is dope and their f- football team is regarded as dope. Yeah. You know, so yeah, Duke oh just God. had Coach K in a long run. Like they're just Duke is on a whole nother level when it comes to basketball. But I hear you, UNC, definitely one of the teams. So the the website I found it's winsipedia.com. It's actually not a. That's yeah, I use that too. Yeah, um, that that's what I stumbled on. And they basically that when you type in the two teams, one side's BC, one side's Duke, and they'll highlight categories like all time record, national championships, wins all time, bowl games. They go through all the categories, and BC has every category, sides two conference championships and week in the AP poll. Well, clearly they play in different conferences and have different competition level. We have one conference champion, they have 17. So hard to compare those to each other. But the weeks in the AP poll is kind of apples to apples. Um, and yeah, just uh, 144 weeks versus 173 so it just kind of makes me think a little bit like is if BC and and again last episode we talked about it and I declare they don't belong in the ACC Boston College they'd have more fun in a different division because they would have a chance to win conference championships and stuff like that who cares that you can't 
yeah, you're not competing with, you know, the big 10 schools. Well, clearly the bottom line and the dollar bill does, but you know, oh, I'd rather have more fun. That's crazy. They have 17 conference championships. Yep. They have seven ACC championships. They have 10 Southern championships. Their last there. I wonder, I wonder when those were, you know what they I mean? 100 and, 158 draft picks in the NFL compared to our 213 so they're not like super far behind you know what I, mean? I don't know they 14 bowl games i would I say know. they're pretty they're pretty comparable schools um yeah even like the 173 to 144 yeah it's like what 29 or 30 away that's still that's still pretty decent mm-hmm. but the one the one the one number that sticks out to me my dude yeah one heisman to none baby hey <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, um, to give you a 2022 breakdown, um, they're three, they're sorry, they're five and three on the season. Their wins have come against Temple, Northwestern, NC. What is this? Sorry, excuse my ignorance. Um, NC A and T. What's that? What's that school? It's probably it's probably a bye game. It's probably North Carolina A and T, maybe. North oh yeah, Carolina. NC is North Carolina, but yeah. I didn't know what A and T stood for, and I didn't bother looking into it either. It's probably um, a one dub A team. Yeah. Well, anyway, they also beat Virginia and Miami uh, last week. Losses- Miami. Just had to get that out there. Continue. Got it in. Um, mm-hmm. Losses against Kansas, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina. Um, and I just did a little bit of reading. Like I like to read the articles that like Duke puts out or like the other team puts out in the weeks leading up to the matchup that we play against them, just like, how are they thinking? Because if they were reading all the articles on BC, they would know exactly how we feel because they've been all pretty accurate. We're depressed. We think this team's underperforming and that's clearly the old line and a couple other issues that are the problem. So uh, Duke feels like they could be seven and one. If a couple of things had just gone the other way, they also feel like Mm. they should be ranked. Like they could be ranked if those couple of other things went their way. They understand that five and three team can't really be ranked, but if those things went the other way and they were seven and one, they think that they could have, uh, could be in a ranked team. So um, they're high on themselves is the point that I'm dragging out of that article is they think that their, that their record is worse than their team is where we're kind of saying, well, we could be a one win team for, we yeah. could have lost to Louisville. So we think we're worse than maybe our two win record shows. So they're high on themselves. We're low on ourselves. Horrible way to go into a game, but that's exactly where we're at. Uh, my one retort to that is if, if, if my aunt was a man, she'd be my uncle. that's funny uh offense for duke uh 34 points per game they're scoring points uh 422 yards per game 205 rush yards per game 217 pass yards per game another team uh similar to uconn that puts the ball on the ground more than they really do in the air um, I understand 217 is more than 205 when you're comparing pass to rush yards, but to rush for over 200 yards a game means you like to run the ball. Um, so look for them to dominate on the ground uh, against BC because whatever they want to do is what they'll be able to accomplish on Friday. Um, Duke's defense, 22 points per game. So they're, you know, they're letting up a decent clip, 392 yards a game. So they're letting up plenty of yards, 130 of those. Um, come on the ground and uh, 20, 263 pass yards a game. Uh, I'm going to dive right into their players to watch uh, because their quarterback is a dual threat. Riley Leonard 
Number 13, he's a quarterback. Uh, he's a dual threat. The reason uh, I was able to find this out is I was looking at the rushing stats and I was like, man, uh, they really have a dual headed running back. And then I realized that dual threat, that dual, the second running back and the dual headed running back is their quarterback. Um, he likes to run. So that 205 rush yards a game is because their quarterback's running all over the field. So they have a mobile threat there. He has 78 carries on the air for 481 yards, 60 per game, eight TDs. As far as passing goes, he passes for 211 yards a game. Um, he has 1,693 yards on the year, 10 touchdowns to four interceptions. So it's not like he's not throwing the ball at all. He has 10 touchdowns thrown on the year. Um, he does throw over two, over 200 yards a game. So I guess respectable. It's not like he's a horrible quarterback. Uh, he's simply just, you know, good on the ground. So hopefully our rush defense uh, can somewhat halt that and keep it them somewhat in check. So the game is somewhat respectable. That's all. That's where my head's at these days. It's just somewhat, please keep it decent. Don't get your doors blown. Uh, Jordan waters. Number seven is the other running back. He has 83 attempts, which is only five more attempts than the QB. Uh, so they're legitimately splitting the rush attempts on the team, 410 yards, seven TDs on the season, adding 14 receptions for a hundred yards, not necessarily a huge pass catch number, but showing you he's not useless out of the backfield for a little dump every once in a while that averages out to what about like two a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to throw in a defender, Brandon Johnson, number 30, the defensive back. Uh, he's all over the place. Three and a half sacks for a defensive back. That's a high number. Um, two interceptions, three pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, one of them that he forced. He has 32 tackles, 17 solo, which is pretty typical for a D-back. You know, after the wide receiver catches the ball, you tackle the guy. There's your solo tackle. Um, but still, to sack the quarterback, to pick the ball off, to force fumbles, um, what else do you want him to do? uh besides go play offense as well so they definitely have a player out there in brandon johnson again a great week for pete with the pronunciations riley leonard jordan waters and brandon johnson mess one up for the culture mary mac <laughs> quinnipack 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 mary mac sorry I'm um not- I'm looking something up while you do that. We got blasted last week uh, with our bets. Um, we bet BC to win. They lost. You took uh, UConn with the points, so you got a dub there. And oh, I wrongly convinced you to take the over, and we were wrong. Um, so you went one for three. I went over three. We're even now on the year with the with our um, predictions. Um, pretty bismal out there. Uh, hopefully we can do better this week. This week, the spread is giving BC nine and a half points, and the over-under is 48.5. Where do you sit? I'm assuming you're taking um, Duke Moneyline. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but where do you sit with the spread and the over-under? What's the spread? Nine and a half. Duke. And what's the uh, over-under? 48 and a half. Under. Explain your thoughts. BC ain't scoring, bubs. That's 100% my reason, too. Um, I was sitting there going, oh, yeah, Duke will cover that nine and a half. They'll be able to score plenty because I'm sure the offense will throw a pick or two and get them in the uh, get them in good position to score. And on top of that, our offense scores three points a game. So 
Um, there's no way you can get the 48 if they're only scoring three a game. Like that means the other team has to put up 45 of themselves. Actually, 46 because it's 48 and a half. So good luck. Nice 35 to three banger for the boys. Yeah. 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 Duke will do their part to get to the 48. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. BC won't do their part. No. No. Does that, does, does you, does it change if you find out Emmett Moorhead starting? I don't know. No, not for no. me. No. Nah, plug and play. I think Phil and Emmett Moorhead literally could get the same results if they played. Yeah. They look pretty comparable. I'm not sold on Emmett anymore, but I don't and, and I'm sold on Phil. Like I want to sell Phil. Like buy or sell Phil. Sell. Sell, sell, sell. Sell yeah. low too. Yeah. We bought that stock super high. Now it's like dog shit. It's like it's like um Remember, remember when the Patriots, when their stadium was CM, uh, CMGI field or whatever? Yeah. So that was like during like the, that was during like the dot, when the dot com bubble burst. So their stock was like 160 bucks a share. And then when it crashed, it was worth like three pennies or something. Jeez. That's Phil. That's why, that's why they changed it to Gillette because they, they fucked up. But, uh, yeah, that's Phil Stock, CMGI. It's my guy. Nah. Hmm. Don't say that too loud. I have a good final. I have a good final thought for for whenever. I just yep. I just came up with it. I got a final thought too. You go first. No more Friday night games. I hate these fucking once a year Friday night games. They started doing it. I just looked it up. So they started doing it in 2013. BC is four and four in these games. So it's not even like they're like, you know, dope in these. It's not because it's like, oh, yeah, the Friday night game. Let's let's get up for the, you know, no, they're Dude, just, they don't win any game. You can schedule it at Tuesday morning. It's a bullshit game. Stop scheduling Friday night games like we work. We don't feel like coming. You know what I mean? Like the whole point, Saturday night games chill because like you can have all day to tailgate, but no one wants to like get out of work. And like drive over to BC for a fucking Friday night game. I'm sick. I'm I'm done with it. I don't like them. They're four and four in the games. It provides no advantage whatsoever. It's just a stupid thing. Stop scheduling them. That's my final thought. BC banter is not for Friday night football no. games at alone. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. My fr- my uh my Friday thought. Nope. My final thought. Although it'll be Friday when you're listening to this. Um history of the huddle. Paul Hubbard, my dude, he, so before the huddle, they used to just do hand signals, like sign language, like as they walk up to their line, like they'd never gotten a circle, but this dude was deaf. Uh, I don't know if he was deaf. He was just deaf. Yeah. He definitely wasn't blind because he was a quarterback, um, but he went to a school for the deaf and blind um, Gaudet university. That's my best pronunciation. Um, he was deaf and didn't want the other teams to read his hand signals that he was using like to the other team. So he had everyone huddle around him and block. So he could then sign the hand signals. And so they, they just called it a huddle. And for the players that didn't need a sign, like that didn't go to that weren't deaf or blind that were like, you know, Bill Boston college, for example, like they adopted the huddle because it was an easier way of communicating instead of having to yell like, crazy code and having other team hear you or whatever the process was before that Paul Hubbard kind of invented the huddle. Um, and that's why teams huddle to this day. That was in 1890. Wow. So that shit's been around for a while, but pretty wow. cool that uh, someone who was a playing football 
for a deaf and blind school, like that's pretty baller in itself. And then B to be known as the guy who created the huddle. I think that's pretty gangster in itself as well. That's gangster as fuck, dude. Yeah, dude. Paul Hubbard. Shout, Shout out. out Paul Hubbard, dude, for creating his great grandchildren at this point. Shout out to them too, who are probably yeah. around. Shout out the whole family. Yeah, Hubbard family. It's a good family, dude. The, you know, the matriarch, patriarch, whatever of the huddle. And his oh. name was Hubbard, and he didn't call it a Hubbard. He called it yeah. the huddle still. He's like, I respect that yeah. when you huddle around, that's called the huddle. So I'm not trying to make this about me. Anti-ego. Love yeah. it. Yeah. For, the, for people. the people. Yeah. In sync <laughs> once again, my friend. That's it. You got that. Is that that was a banger of a final thought. That's it. That's all I got. I just wanted to go one, one for one. Yeah. Bad a thousand. Yeah, it was a good one. I like that. All right. Sure. Episode 14. In the books. Slam it shut. And uh, go Eagles. Roll Eagles. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs>